0: Your grace is more. Grace is mine Is where you are Good morning. So thankful that you've decided to join us at worship at First Baptist Church of Sandy Springs. Uh, Getting ready for today, I encourage you to pray for our church, if you're watching, and a member of another church, for your church, for God's kingdom, and for revival in this land that I think antennas are up across this country and this world and people see that they need God. Let's pray together. Lord, help us as we seek. You've promised that we will find. And Father, we pray that there'll be more seekers than ever, that people that see how shaky this world is will need the rock, the rock of the kingdom of God given to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. So bless us today in our homes as we worship. Help us to be encouraged, to, Father, be strengthened by your word and your spirit. In the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I want to thank Steve and Ed for doing our camera today. I want to thank my wife Jeannie for doing the sound and Michael for doing all the technical uh, things that I don't understand. I really appreciate all of their help. Years ago, I overheard a conversation between two men. One man asked the other, how are you doing? And the man replied, I'm okay under the circumstances. The first man replied, what are you doing under there? That's my sermon title today. What are you doing under there? As God's people, we're not immune from the cares of this world, and sometimes we can be under the circumstances. And circumstances can rob us of God if we're not careful. So today is a time for us to help you just be careful. That's why we're streaming our message online. That's why churches all across this country and this world are streaming, trying to get the gospel message out. Because our... Society is exposed to the media each and every day, and the world news, and if that's your focus, there's a good chance you're living in fear. So what are you doing under there if you're a child of God? Jeannie and I had a scare this week that shook us. A dear friend that we love was hospitalized with COVID. We spent several nights praying more than sleeping. He's in Indiana. He could have no visitors at the hospital. His wife, his kids, his parents, no one could see him. And we fought letting our minds run wild with scenarios of what could happen. He fought that too, and so did everyone that loves him. In the midst of our storm, I have no doubt that there are many who are struggling with their faith. There are many that are even ashamed of that struggle because they've never had that struggle before, that doubt before. There are many that are letting doubt creep in. And if this pertains to you, I want you to see something in Scripture that is so healing to those who struggle with doubt. You know him as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. He had quite the pedigree in Scripture. The story of John's birth is found in the book of Luke, the first chapter. Elizabeth, his mother, was barren and The couple were getting on in years. Elizabeth and Zechariah had about given up on the birth of a child. But then one day Zechariah, who was a priest, was in the temple. And the great angel Gabriel came and paid him a visit. He said that he was going to have a special young son. I want to read to you from Luke chapter 1 about that visit. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayer have been, prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you'll name him John. You'll have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great at the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. He'll turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he'll go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Great things were planned for John, and great things happened in his life. We'll skip three decades. John is all grown up now, and he's preaching about the Messiah. Jesus himself, as you recall, came to John to be baptized. About John the Baptist, Jesus said in Matthew eleven eleven, I tell you the truth of all who ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. So he was quite the spiritual man with God's hand upon him. And you might be asking, what's this have to do with doubt? Well, later on in his ministry... While Jesus was teaching and preaching, John had an encounter with Herod, the ruler. John was imprisoned, and his life was in danger. Eventually, he was beheaded, as you likely recall. But while he was in prison, Matthew tells us this occurred in chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, He sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one to come who is to come, or are we to wait for another? John sent Jesus that message. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? John's in a storm. He's under attack. He's disappointed. He's perplexed. He's in fear. He's under the circumstance. It can happen to the best of us. So John has a question that seems to come from doubt. Are you the one or is there another? I want to look at Jesus' answer to John. It's in verses 4, 5, and 6 of Matthew 11. Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind will receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Jesus could have easily sent another message to John. Jesus could have told his disciples, I can't believe John would doubt. What's the matter with him? How can John question? Tell him to get a grip. Tell him, where's his faith? But Jesus didn't do that, did he? Jesus simply gave the answer to help John refocus. And thinking about refocusing, let me give you that answer again in verses 4, 5, and 6 of Matthew 11. To the questioning, doubting John. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them Blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Jesus loved John just like he loves us. And he can handle our questions. And God's love reaches out to the doubting and to the confused. Thomas Obadiah Chisholm, once upon a time, was part of the doubting and the confused. Born in a log cabin in Kentucky in 1866, he was a smart man, but very frail. He kind of bounced around. He started teaching school when he was 16 years old. He had bad health most of the time. He couldn't keep a job. He taught. He sold insurance. and Sometimes he would even preach. Why do you think he is remembered? A crime? A horrible deed? No. Through the storms of his life, he became a great writer. His favorite scripture motivated him to write something you're likely familiar with. Of all the places in the Bible, Thomas Chisholm's favorite scripture was found in the book of Lamentations, which is largely ignored. I'll read to you from chapter 3, beginning of verse 20 of Lamentations. I'll never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this the faithful love of the Lord. Never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Those verses in Lamentations helped Thomas refocus. He wrote the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, when he realized that God was always faithful, even in the toughest of times. He had to get out from under the circumstances And look to God like all of you I see the troubles in this world I see the difficulties that many are having everything is different it reminds me of the saying that it was given to me years ago from a dear lady in Mississippi she told me this when I was a minister of youth in Aberdeen Mississippi she said David we all stand in the mud but some of us see the stars we all stand in the mud But some of us see the stars. I love that. It's about focusing on what really matters, even though you're standing in the mud. reminds us to look up. During this time of isolation and social distancing, we all have choices to make about looking at the mud or looking at the stars. Do not worry, but pray. Do not complain, but be thankful for what you have. Do not hoard, but give. Do not doubt, but grow. I, along with many others, believe that there will be a great revival in this world when all of this is over. A time for our nation to, and our world to refocus, to get out from under there. To turn our eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. By the way, our friend in Indiana is fine. He's home. He has a miraculous story about giving God the credit for his healing and maybe one day he'll let me share that with you. So what can you do now? Refocus. Don't get under the circumstances. Look to scripture to guide you. Pray for our country's leaders, for President Trump, and others that have to make tough decisions. For our state and local governments, for your health care workers, think about doctors and nurses, and health care professionals and custodial staff and everybody that's right in the middle of it. Pray for your church family. Pray for Matt and Macy. I have a wedding coming up next weekend in Mississippi. It's a small wedding, but pray for the bride and groom that all will go well and this interesting time. If you're a child of God, do not be under the circumstances. And now a blessing from the book of Numbers. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let's pray together. Father, we just gave a list of folks to pray for. We'll begin with President Trump and our nation's leaders, we pray that they would come together, not drift apart. We pray that they would draw closer to you, not further from you, and we would see miracles coming from Washington, D.C. Now that's a big prayer, and they're going to have to refocus. Father, we pray for doctors, for nurses, for janitors, for receptionists, for everyone that has to go to work in hospitals that are ministering to people. And Father, we pray that you would protect them and Father, soon that these days would be over and we'd gather in our churches again. Bless our churches, Father, in this different, strange, difficult time. But thank you for the technology that helps us get the word out. Father, we pray for our families, for parents that are home teaching their children. Lord, for others that have lost jobs or out of work, for small business owners. Father, we look forward to better days. But Father, if this is what it takes to get on our knees, We will thank you for it and help us as your people to be on our knees praying for healing in this world. Father, we need you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I you.